Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode 39. Um, I don't have anything interesting about the number 39, so let's just get into it. Wait, I do. Chase, you mentioned... I oh, what? I mean, right before he actually said welcome, he said, gotta pull up the old cheat sheet. And so that now makes me think, I was just impressed that Cass was starting to remember what episode we were on. But now he's just kind <laughs> of outed himself as having written it down so that he remembers every time. Written it down? No, 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 no. I go to the new episodes channel in Drunk Valorant. Oh, and just see what and the latest episode... what the last number okay. Chase posted. So that's this. even less... I was going to be like, even if you wrote it down, like, I guess that's improvement. <laughs> but, okay. Okay. Fair. You're just... I'm not as impressed as I used to be. Like I'm 10 seconds ago. I'm making use of the tools available to me at my disposal. I'm making Chase use has always of... been very critical of Cass's number remembering skills. I've been just happy to see the improvement. The fact that Cass isn't trying to convince us that we're on an earlier episode when you and I both know what the correct episode is. <laughs> the thing is, we both know what the correct episode is because, you know, it was posted like a week ago. Maybe you guys well, just don't I know what the correct episode is because I had to title it when I saved the project, when I exported it. Yeah, so. and I Hunter posted it. To... Hunter yeah. does the editing. You do the posting. I do the topic creations. So you're welcome to flame me for that, but I'm not in charge of figuring out what episode it is. Because I don't have to edit it and upload it, and I don't have to post it under that episode title. So you guys are cheating more than I'm cheating. You guys are cheating for, like, multiple days in a row. If you want to see it that way. I, I think I will see it that way. Cheater detected. This game has been abandoned. <laughs> Oof. Um. All right, well, Chase, you mentioned that if we waited any longer to kick this off, your beer was going to be done. So I'm assuming you got a, a beer that you've been sipping on for a bit. I mean, if by a bit you mean, like, under two minutes and I'm almost done with it, then yes. Um, I was just really thirsty when I got back. It's really hot out today <laughs> and I was just working. So I kind of pounded one of these Coors banquets, uh, and I only grabbed two from the fridge. I have like a whole case, so I could go get more, but like, I don't want to move from my chair. So now I kind of got to savor one and one in like a third I beer. I really don't think two is going to cut it. Probably not, but... I think that's some weak sauce. Yeah, well, when your bladder doesn't cut it anymore, then I'll go grab another beer. Sounds good. I was going to say, you got... <laughs> yeah, I am not a big fan of Coors Banquets. I have had them before. Just not my style. Really? Really? Coors Banquet, I yeah. find, is my favorite, like, cheap lager. Like, you know, you're of your, like, high-volume lagers. Chase, Chase puts it as, it's his best of the worst. It Yeah, it's like, it's the best of the like standard beers well you know what here's the thing chase i haven't really gotten into high quality lagers so i haven't really developed a taste or even medium quality lagers i haven't really developed a taste for lagers i'm basically solely an ipa slash sour guy so like if i have anything lager based it's a light beer like at a party and like at that point i just want something that tastes refreshing and nice not necessarily that great so for oh. me, like, the lager taste of the Coors Banquet is just kind of, like, it being strong with not a lot of other flavor besides the lager. It's just not doing it for me. But it's just I might so much better than a Coors Light, and that might be because I've had, like, what... If you know one thing about Idaho, here's the thing you need to know. 
is that there is no other beer but Coors Light at high school parties specifically. <laughs> and potatoes. Really? Yes. So anytime. Wait, what about the Burnett? Well, I said beer. There's plenty of Burnett's. Oh, okay. um, I was going to say Burnett's is just the high school classic. Yeah. Uh, which no, if you not don't know, Burnett's is, is like flavored vodka and it's absolutely terrible. It's like the worst flavored vodka you can get. One of at least. Um, but every time someone's like, oh yeah, we need beer at a party at, in high school or, you know, I'm sure early years of college as well. Um, it's always Coors Light. Always. There's never any other beer. So until I went to university, I basically only drank Coors Light. And I had developed such a disdain for Coors Light that when I had a Coors Banquet, Funny. it has like a similar flavor, but just like kind of, it's like just better and stronger. It's like the, it's a Coors taste, but just way fucking better than Coors Light. So that's probably why I like Banquet so much. You're really confused. You were 22 when you started college or at least 22 when you started college. Yeah, he was. Weird, weird oh, fact. Okay. This is oh, okay. really okay. dumb growing up. Yeah, yeah. Wait, did, did, I, in high school. did I insinuate that somehow? <laughs> well, you can't drink until you're 21. Yeah. So oh. you must have been at least 21 when you were in high school. Exactly. Well, Meaning yes. you could have only started university at uh, 22 at the earliest. No, see, yeah. there's just an overlap between me being in high school in the U.S. and me being in college in Canada where the drinking age is 19, so... Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, but if I you're see. in Canada, then you're not in Idaho. No, no, no. It it, it works. Just trust me. <laughs> yeah, it works. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Hunter, what do you what do you got in hand? Well, I'm pretty happy about what I got in hand. This is a secret machine uh, sour. Uh, you guys probably don't remember because this was a hot minute ago. But many episodes ago on the podcast, I tried a couple other secret machine sours. And had my favorite sour I've ever had on the podcast, which is their uh, cherry pie a la mode. So that one I didn't see in the store, but I saw some other ones that I wasn't sure if I had tried. So this one is pineapple grapefruit orange. Um, and then the other one I have here is blueberry, blackberry, raspberry. Ooh, that um, one sounds really good. I, w I would probably fuck with the blueberry, blackberry, raspberry one. Yeah, well, whenever it's convenient after I crack it, I'll l update everyone on how that one is. But so far, the citrus one with the pineapple, grapefruit, orange, it's Wait, good. Sorry, Hunter, it's good. did you say blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries? Uh, yes, I did. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. As Cass uh, segwaying into your drink, yeah. Cass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as I'm looking at the description of my beer. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I'm also drinking a sour with blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries, but... I think this one's going to be of interest to Chase. Uh, it's called The Forager from um, Camp Beer Co. And it's a bumbleberry sour. Ooh. I feel like so, I've had that. Have you? I, yeah, I Maybe. think I have. I, th I think I've had it. Like, I've definitely mm. had a bumbleberry sour, and I'm not sure if it was from camp specifically, but... Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, at any rate, it has... Well, I mean, I guess... Just rehash Hunter's description of his second beer, and you kind of got it. Uh, it does have a bit of lactose in it, which I'm personally a fan of, but I know not everybody is. Mm -hmm. um, it's not quite as lactosey as like I actually didn't know there was any lactose in here until I tasted or like after I tasted it until I read that. So if you're not a fan of lactose in your beer, I'm not actually sure you'd even notice it. Really, it's like now that I know it's there, like it's very subtle. Um, 
I don't know. I, I like the creamy aspect to sours that the lactose offers, which I know is not for everybody. Yeah, I was going to say, Hunter, you're doing a pretty shit job of keeping that machine secret, aren't you? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really uh, letting the cat out of the bag here. Yeah, I was holding on to that one, but then Cass started going into his mm. drink. Um, well, now, it is a Cass, your drink, drink is, I mean, just rehash what, what Hunter said about his. It's the, yeah, you just have yeah. my drink, but yeah. worse. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know about that one, Chief. I don't know about hey, worse I, you know. because it's, uh, you know, you take what you can get. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mentioned mine first, which means clearly you, uh, yours is a deli- derivative of mine. That's how this works. Okay. If sure. you look in the history books, Hunter's yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, in history books that detail your uh, high school versus college drinking career, they uh, mm-hmm. overlap in this regard. Yeah. Uh, I don't It's just a very, like, refreshing berry flavored sour it's kind of it's kind of what you'd expect um but it's definitely got just some solid flavor to it it's not yeah like it's not crazy in that unlike flavor profile wise which like i feel like i typically lean towards some of the more out there ones but this one i do as well this one's pretty standard but but good They, they they did a good job of just making a solid standard well-executed sour cool, cool. So that's that's yeah. kind of what i got on it jokes aside i i would love to try that that does sound really good and i also like beers and lactose mm-hmm. okay well on to valorant topics as promised um we are going to cover our our thoughts on the uh the pbe updates mainly in reference to chamber but uh, let's just knock out some of the other ones real quick because I don't think they're going to be very long. Um, cool. So just general stuff here. Alts that do damage, minus raise. Alts that are hit scan and do damage got um, some some damage multiplier changes. Basically, Jets Knives, Tour de Force, and Neon's fucking Finger Blaster 9000. Overdrive. Thank you, Overdrive. Um, do less leg shot multiplier damage. So for probably the most significant one is Chambers alt doesn't kill on leg shots anymore. But uh, Jet would take four knives to the legs to kill now instead of just three. So Yeah, Neon's kind of the outlier there because it, it's not a change to leg damage because Neon's ult did do um, equal damage no matter where you hit. Um, and while both Chamber and Jet are now getting nerfed to leg damage, um, Neon is just getting a buff to head damage, I believe. No, leg shot multiplier reduced from 1 to 0.85. Oh, really? Okay. And that's, um, that's true across the board. So Chamber's is now 0.85, Jet's is now 0.85. Along yeah, and now. just to be clear, Neon's damage per shot is being reduced from 22 to 18. So basically, it's trying to reward you hitting the head. And you'll do more damage at the head than you would have before, obviously, because of the multiplier. But you'll do less damage to the body and even less than that damage to the legs of Neon's ult versus before. Yeah, the headshot multiplier is increased to, like, by 1 to 3, which is quite large for oh, Neon. Oh, that is large. Um, so they've just thrown out the window the uh, the equal for all all three. Oh, Yeah. Completely thrown out the window. Yeah, it's just, they've just. Well, I mean, that oh, was like yeah, a yeah, yeah. like a big thing with Neon's old is like, oh, it does the yeah, same damage yeah, yeah. no matter where you hit, and mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, fuck all of that. 
it does different damage mm-hmm. like everything else in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. Um, I I feel like there's no reason why she shouldn't get a headshot multiplier on it. Um, and then in the same capacity, like I I understand if you're going to have a relevant increase to headshot damage, it should be, um, you know, offset by a decrease to leg shot damage. That that just makes sense to me. So. Yeah, I mean, it definitely I makes sense. I I thought it was going to be a little bit broken if they were just increasing the headshot. So that was what my take was going to be. But I obviously hadn't read the uh, the actual PBE notes. Yeah, I I feel like it wouldn't like I I feel like that the leg shot one I think is the least significant for for Neon out of any of them. Yeah, you're pretty much just hitting body shots anyway. But it right. it's incentivizing headshots now, so. Yeah, it's like, well, because you're strafing, you're most likely going for body shots, but if you're you're kind of jiggling with it a little bit, it does incentivize you to hit the head, which I don't... I, I like this change for Neon. I think it's a good, good change to her all. Yeah, when it comes to Jet, we were talking about this the other day. Um, I was saying that it really didn't make a big difference to Jet, uh, because the entire point, at least left-clicking with your knives, is to hit the head. Right? You're not really going for leg shot meta with uh, with Jet's ult. But uh, you you brought up the fact that it is a little bit of a nerf to the right-click again. Um, <clears throat> because anything that might hit the legs is just going to do less damage now. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I think fair. It is going to be a little bit of nerf, but I don't think it's that heavy. Um, cause if you're hitting like a few knives to the legs, you probably weren't going to kill anyway with a right click. Well, if I hit three to the legs, I, w- I would get that kill with the right click, but well, I mean, I think more I, significant, you hit two to the body and one of the legs. Yeah. Now you get, the, you used to get the kill. Now you don't. Right. Now oh, you, you don't with two to the body, one of the legs. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause it it's 50, 50, less than 50. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like Jet didn't need another nerf, but like. Whatever they're trying to be consistent across the board, fine. Um, I know the the only thing that I have to say about that is um, I I can't tell exactly what causes this. I'm trying to think if like me landing abruptly, kind of. But like I I've noticed that there are times in Jets Alt that I get a uh, like a crosshair jump or like an aim jump. Kind of, I'm. I'm trying to think. Like maybe if I get head dinked, and you, you know how like with most guns, if you get head dinked, how your aim just goes to utter shit. Yeah, like you get thrown off. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what. I'm. I'm pretty sure you, there's an actual like. Does your for aim it. actually? Yeah. It, oh, aim punch. That's what it is. Oh. Yeah, aim punch. Like you, you suffer aim punch from that. Yeah. Um. You can st- like you can suffer aim punch with Jet's Blade Storm, and. I feel like that is a circumstance in which the leg shot, leg shot multiplier being reduced might actually come into effect. Like, if I'm taking a duel with somebody and I'm up in the air, right, if I'm updrafting up, it's a lot harder to be precise with uh, your, your headshot there, and you're just accepting that you're going for three to the body, then um, the the leg shot multiplier might actually kick in. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'll have to see how I feel about that one as we go on 
but I kind of agree. I don't think it's going to be massive. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. I see it more of a change as like an actual nerf to the character, um, even though it quite literally like a stats nerf. Like I, yeah, it's directly a nerf. But... Yeah, it's directly a nerf, but I don't, I don't see it like as a big like character changing, um, change or update. Yeah, I feel like it is minor, but I do feel like it is another example of Riot going for a very a certain philosophy that I don't always agree with, which is where sometimes when it comes to the changes of the game, it seems like they have an idea, like a concept that they want to enforce. And so then they enforce that concept upon the game, regardless of if the consequences make sense. Like... One of the earliest, like the earliest example I can think of is when they said, you know, we want every ability to be unique. So therefore we're going to remove the slow from Cypher's cages. And then like from that point on, Cypher has just gotten more and more pushed down in the meta and they never have addressed the fact that they really severely nerfed one of his main abilities just because they felt like they needed to make the abilities more distinct and... I think we can all agree that now that the game has been out for a while, there have been a bunch of agents added. There's been a lot more overlap in abilities such that I don't know that they've even kept up with that concept of all the abilities being totally distinct. Well, Chamber has multiple things that slow. Right, right? exactly. Like, so yeah. in, including that in the game is just a direct counterpoint to the removing the slow from... Uh, the, the one yeah. argument I'd have against that is... Chambers, you can't have slows on demand. You have to either earn your slow with your with your alt, or the enemy has a chance to counter it by shooting your your trip. Whereas in the context of the cipher cage and the the sage slow, there's nothing you can do about that, with the exception of KO knife slash alt. Um, which does the exact same same thing and just shutting off everything. But, like, with Cypher's Cage, I, I can see it being used in a similar manner to Sage's Slow of being like, oh, I'm going to reactively toss my cage out and pop it. And all of a sudden, you get slowed coming through this choke point the same way a Sage Slow can just be deployed. I, I feel like they're, they are significantly more similar in that regard than Chamber's Slow's being if that makes sense. I mean, I see what you're talking about, but I don't think that that makes them... It does make them slightly more similar, but I, I think that my point still stands is that th that does that the difference between that and the chamber slow isn't large enough to make it a completely distinct ability, in my opinion. And then especially when you combine yeah. the, the chamber trap with the Killjoy, like, alarm bot, basically the fucking same thing. So, like it's the it's the same shit like if, if mm -hmm. i think riot has just tossed out the um we don't want abilities to be too similar yeah and, and it was just my and the point of me bringing that up is to say that i feel like this is a similar situation with this it's like oh we want this to be consistent that precision is rewarded when you're using ultimates but you know i think what they're neglecting to consider is the fact that jet is already like cast said doesn't need a nerf and also it is far more difficult to precisely hit jet knives than it is to hit with the neon laser or the chamber ult by just the fact that, you know, with jet, 
to get good value out of the knives, you have to be moving very fast and often in the air. So for that reason, I, I think there's a significant enough difference to where a jet shouldn't have a leg damage drop-off. And I'm a little disappointed in Riot for feeling like they need to enforce this in this way. I don't know. I, like, I, I just pulled out my calculator and did some, did some math here. And I feel like for the context of left, click, of left clicks, I don't necessarily mind it. But as Chase pointed out, I have brought up the fact that I think this is a a more significant nerf to the right click than it is to the left click. And if you added five damage to her body shots, so they did 55 instead of um instead of 50, that would offset the 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 lesser damage to the leg and it would still take three knives connecting to kill for the right click yeah. and could function. Um while it would still have the same effect of nerfing the precision aspect of her left click. Yeah, I would be fully in favor of that. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem to affect much. Right. I'm just wondering if there's any guns that it significantly buffs by hitting a single knife on a target. Um, doing 55 instead of 50. I can't think of any. And I can't think of any because the Marshall does 101. Yeah. So I, I can't think of any gun that gets drastically buffed by Is nature there, of it doing anything that does like ninety six damage. No. Yeah. Yeah, I think like the five the five extra there from fifty to fifty five doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could be yeah. missing out on something from some range yeah. or something. You know, like right. if you're talking about probably... like up close frenzy headshot does you know 86 and if they have light shields i i don't know what the exact math is there but there could be some weird little there's probably uh, something yeah yeah Yeah, there's got to be something that this makes a change or like a slight difference to but i feel like if we can't think of it off the top of our heads it's not significant enough to like seriously consider yeah but also i just don't know the numbers that well yeah fair point um okay and that's so regarding neon and jet i believe those are the only two pbe changes really that are that are out there um that are now i do have one more thing to say about neon if you don't mind Cass. yeah go for it um yeah so i when we were talking about the headshot multiplier multiplier i went down a little rabbit hole while we were talking of, of pulling some data because i was kind of trying to i haven't played the pbe um even though i have access to it i was trying to figure out how big of a difference it makes for neon and um in the past uh three headshots would have been with the 22 base damage times three three headshots would have been 66 damage where now with each headshot being 18 times three for 54 now three headshots is a kill. So you go from doing 66 to doing uh, 162 damage in the same amount of time if you have the laser on someone's head. And three which is shots just... is no time. Like, right. they're so fast. Yeah, I did, I did the math, and I found out... That this is not necessarily super accurate because this is the first, only thing I could find on this, and this is, but it seems like it's probably right based on my experience. Someone says that it seems like Neon's ult fires at 16 bullets per second. Um, and 
that means a kill uh, with Neon with all headshots takes 0.19 seconds to kill to the head. So, like, that's not a one-tap, but it's going to feel like a one-tap. Um, yeah. So that's pretty significant. No, but um, I, feel like, I feel like that's fine. I don't think it makes Neon's overdrive ridiculous. It might. Well, like... one th- it might. The one thing to keep in mind real quick is that that is in her kill zone, which is up to 20 meters away from her, and then she gets damage drop-off. But, yeah, back to you, Chase. Well, I was going to say that, like, that could absolutely make a huge difference even if it's four shots or five shots outside of that like that's really fast like outside of that 20 meter range yeah. and you have to remember that not only does neon like have a large bar of ammo right for like yeah you immediately get refilled on your time for having your old when you get a kill yeah and so i think this could be much more effective than like the other ults in the same vein, like Chamber and Jet, in in which if you're able to think of it as like you're firing a single shot, but just hold down the trigger for, what, 0.19 seconds? Um, yeah. Like it's basically the same thing, right? Just if you're thinking about having a, having a Vandal or something instead, like it's just a fucking good weapon all of a sudden. Yeah. I, I, I like that, but I don't think it makes, I don't think it makes her broken. Right, because well, unlike unlike yeah, Chamber yeah. and Jet, who I pop my knives or I pop my tour de force, I have that all round, guaranteed. Un- unless I whiff all my shots, but like until I whiff all my shots, like I-, I have that all round, and so it doesn't matter necessarily where the enemies are. Like if I pop that, I should get some amount of value out of it. Whereas in the context of Neon's ult, it's significantly harder to, because you're placed on that um, that time limit, it's significantly harder to guarantee value. I mean, I don't know how long, how long Reyna's ult lasts, but I've definitely had situations where we hear a Reyna insta-pop ult, and we're like, maybe we should just wait this out. Like, maybe now, the difference is that Reyna doesn't get a speed boost. The speed boost helps Neon close that distance by a lot. Sure, but like, I mean, let's just take Breeze, for example, right? And Okay, I guess I cherry-picked the largest map there. Um, let's just take a random map, Bind. <laughs> um, if, you, if you're playing A, and let's give you A short instead of Showers. Let's say that you're playing A Rem? on defense as Neon. You pop your ult. If, if they decide that they didn't want to deal with A that round, and I'm assuming you pop it off barrier drop um because you're trying to not buy a gun you might be able to make it into uh like towards you hookah could easily rotate all the way through spawn and still have time left on your ult like plenty of I'm time you could you could definitely tp right and get yeah. there in time you could probably run through that connector area um if they don't have a sentinel that has traps there, then easy, no problem. Uh, let's say they do. You have relatively infinite ammo, so you can just shoot those traps out. Not a big deal. Um, and you'll probably get there in time. I'm saying you could rotate all the way from a through through spawn? Your defender, defender side spawn, spawn 
onto well, site. That sort of depends how fast they push Huga, though. And you will be there in time. Yes, it do- it does depend on how fast they push Huga. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I just have no idea how long it takes for Neon's bar to drain. But... You have a while. It's not. Yeah. it's not fast. Yeah, I would I would say that if the enemy hears you pop alt and they know that you're in A short, and so they just book it through Hookah on to B and they kill your players on B or you've given up B, that, yeah, you could absolutely encounter them on site with your ult as Neon rotating through spawn. But yeah, you're, you're still then retaking with your ult, which yeah. would be the same as retaking with any other gun, and you have plenty of time to do that. Yeah, like... I know, I, the I, issue is if you rotate through spawn and then they go towards hookah, but they play it a little bit more slow. They, you know, they maybe contact in a little bit. Maybe they have someone from long, but they don't really jump in right away. And then the only duel you maybe can take with your ultimate is you start shooting at them in the hookah, at which point you're not getting the max damage and then just kind of hide for a little bit and then your ult runs out. Like that could be a scenario that happens realistically. I see. I but if they think fully if go they to don't the have, if they don't yeah. even have hookah at that por- point, like maybe they. Like are they're playing slow, right? They haven't contacted into hookah yet. You could get into hookah and peek out of it with your ult. Oh, no, yeah, that'd be if they're going really slow. But it, it's certainly possible. I I don't see. I feel like there might not be time for that. I well, it all I depends on how fast they're rotating yeah, I, I and when you realize throw, they've rotated. Yeah, yeah. Like I personally would just chuck a stun through TP and dive bomb through TP. But that that's me. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, like, I, I feel like it's not in the exact same vein as, or, like, I still feel like it's not quite in the same vein as uh the Chamber or the Jet, in which you can just forego a gun for this round and elect to buy somebody else instead and just be like, no, I've got my ult, like, I'm fine. Um, But I think it makes your ult significantly more relevant, which I think is a good change. You have 20 seconds with Neon's ult, but before it runs out okay. if you don't get a kill. Okay. Yeah, I will say along the lines of what you're saying, Cass, I definitely think it makes it more relevant because I think it was absolutely underpowered before. Not that you couldn't get value out of it, but it just felt inconsistent. Um, because sort of like what I've... Yeah, actually, this, this, is a, this is a perfect segue to what I was going to say next, which is that sort of like my complaint about the Spectre, which is that it's never the best gun for any engagement besides run and gun at medium range. And that was exactly the case before this change with Neon's ult. The only scenario in which it's the best weapon in the game is run and gun at medium range. Close range, a lot of guns can, you know, get you down fast. Uh, Long range, the damage drops off. But now, you know, I mentioned the Spectre. I noticed something a little bit curious as I was looking into these stats earlier. The light bulb went on in my head. First of all, I noticed from this, this post on Reddit that I said that it seems like the the uh, laser fires at uh, 16 uh, shots per second, and I thought, hmm, where have I had the, heard that number before? It's almost like that's the exact number, the exact fire rate of the stinger. And then I uh, also realized that the stinger uh, also takes, in its ideal range, three shots to the head to kill against a fully armored enemy. So what they've just done is they've just turned Neon's ult into a super stinger. And I think yeah, that's with, insane. With no recoil. Yes, a suit. Yeah, yeah. Like, with yeah. A double the mag, no recoil. It also makes you speedy. And so I've and legitimately full accuracy thought, while running. Yes, yes. So I've legitimately thought just on this podcast, I very well may have to become a neon main because this sounds like if the chamber alt is the super op, this very much sounds like a super stinger. 
Because based okay, on the but, based on the time to kill, well, the yeah, the time to kill literally and the stats of it. Hey, hear me out. Yeah, having some amount of inaccuracy while you're running and gunning is to your advantage. Huh? Keep going. I'm confused. Having an amount, right? A small amount, but an amount of inaccuracy to your gun is advantageous while running gunning. Depends on how good you are. There is there is a point, right, in which you have a small enough cone, but a cone nonetheless that is better than having guardian-like accuracy, like guardian ADS-like accuracy. Like, there is a certain size cone while running and gunning that is optimal. See, I, I get what you're saying there, Cass, but at the same time, I also think if you know that your gun is really accurate, you can kind of compensate by playing with shaky aim, like you see a lot of pros do in close quarters slash run-and-gun situations, where you're not, like, locking up and then just missing. You're kind of jiggling your bullets around sure. within a certain but, area to compensate. When you're, when you're jiggling around in a certain area, yeah. Some of those are going to miss. Some of them are going to hit. Right. If you have a cone, and you can put the cone on their chest, and then if you start to deviate your aim a bit from your chest until most of the cone is still on their chest, or at least a bit of the cone is still on their chest if your crosshair's off, that's to your advantage. Is it not? Well, sort of, but what I'm saying is you can create that same cone by, by making your aim brand, shaky. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, so I it's like I see what you're that, saying, yeah. but I feel like you can adapt to the fact of having okay. a more accurate weapon. But I don't know. Sure. All right. Well, but like, okay. Let, let's let's view this in the other perspective, right? Yeah. What if the what? Let's say you took a judge and you mm -hmm. gave a judge pinpoint accuracy. All the it's like fires slugs now. Yeah, yeah. Like the judge yeah. fires a slug and still does the same amount of damage. I think that'd be a nerf to the judge. Now, at long range, it might make the judge better, but in the in the range at which you typically use a judge, I think that that would actually make the judge worse. Yes, I hmm. agree. Yeah, I, I feel like I would have to agree as well. So I feel like there is an optimal-sized cone, is what I'm saying. I guess that's true, but I think the difference with the judge is that the judge is strictly a close quarters hold an angle or very close quarters run and gun gun. So I feel like that, I feel like the closer you are, the less having an accurate gun matters because, you know, if you marshal no scope, someone marshal no scoping isn't particularly accurate long range, but up close, it's pretty darn close to perfectly accurate. So like accuracy doesn't necessarily matter as much when you're up close. And being able to compensate for, oh, they were moving slightly faster than I thought, so I'm not going to get this on their body, that definitely is a, is a factor. So I guess, I guess I'm sort of, I, I guess I'm half agreeing with you, Cass. I see what you're saying, but I also think it's exaggerated with the judge because of how close range the duels are with the judge. Is the versus judge an SMG. Okay, but is the judge not kind of have the same optimal range as a, as a stinger? No. Absolutely not. I could show you many clips of me with the Stinger where I am engaging and quickly killing targets at a much further range than you could do that with a judge. 
Yeah, but you you're just gonna cherry pick clips. I'm talking talking overall. Yeah, I could. I, you could, could you cherry I could, pick clips with clips with the judge? The issue is it would be very difficult or, to unless the enemy was already low health because the damage drop off is so severe. I mean, that's a big part of sure, it. Sure, sure. I don't. I don't play with the stinger. Like if I were to try to pick my stinger clips, like <laughs> like they they'd have to be basically like. You would have a hard like, time. Right, There's not yeah, many cherries they, to pick. Be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there are no cherries. It's a it's a barren <laughs> wasteland. Let me tell you. <laughs> Bad harvest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it's permanently a it's permanently off season for me when it comes to the uh, the stinger. Very sad. You're missing out so much. Yeah, All right, Chamber. I, I am, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like we yeah we'll report back on this when we see yeah. how it affects the game. Okay, so. Chamber, base cooldown for Izzy got increased. Um, I'm not going to go at percentages. My brain doesn't work well with that, but this one's 50%. This one's easy. Uh, from 20 to 30 seconds. Uh, recoil cooldown also increased from 20 to 30 seconds. So that's the same. I love how you um, gave that like explanation just to then say it was a 50% increase. Well, no, but there are, there are other changes that the math doesn't work out quite so well, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I was going I know, it was to just try funny. to make it all percentages, and then I looked at some of the numbers, and I'm like, my brain's not cut out for that right now. That um, makes sense. It was just comedic ever. timing. Uh, okay, so basically, it, it's 30 seconds to TP again, at minimum. There's, I'm assuming they didn't fuck with his pre-round TPs, so you can still pre-round TP every two seconds, whatever, who gives That'd be awful if they messed with that. Um, yeah. But not, not a big, like, whatever, you can... TP pre-round, fine. Same thing as before. Uh, and I fully agree you should be able to. But, uh, okay, so basically, you can TP every 30 seconds to set every 20 seconds. I actually think this is a larger change than some people are making it out to be. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people say that, like, oh, 30 seconds isn't a big, like, from 20 to 30 seconds, like, not a huge deal. Uh, but I often find myself in scenarios when I take an aggressive peek, either I get a kill or I don't, but I TP back to my original location, pick up my forward anchor, and then right around the time that they are going to full exec onto the site, my TP comes back online. Yeah, and I find that, that it happens a lot, yeah. that I get my TP back right as that site exec's coming through. Um, incredibly useful to have. Even even if I can only place it so that both my TPs are right next to each other, it still means that I can swing out wide, take a duel, and TP back to cover. Um, so I think it going from 20 to 30 seconds, just based on how people play, at least how people play in ranked, is actually a significant change. There's going to be uh, many fewer times now when... I'm going to be able to to TP again during that side exact. I mean, I think it's a great change. There's no there's no way that you should be able to do that, right? If you take an, an initial aggressive peek and TP out, if they force you off and are like, "All right, let's uh let's exact onto site," you shouldn't have your TP up again. Like that's fucked. But chase, hear me out. 
What if you did have your TP up again? We know what if. You become a mainstay character (laughs) on a must pick on every fucking map. So, like, I think it's a great change. Like, yes, I agree with you that it is more impactful than maybe people are stating. But that's the point. No, no, I I fully agree. I, I think in general it's a good change. All shenanigans aside about me not wanting Chamber to get nerfed. Like, it, it's a good change. Hunter, you got any takes on this, or have we pretty much covered it? Yeah, just to say real quickly, I feel like most of the Sentinel utility, like, it's there, and then once the enemy deals with it, you're not going to be able to realistically redeploy it to defend the same site. Like, if someone shoots a Cypher cam, I don't know what the cooldown on that is, but it sure isn't 20 seconds, or a KJ time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, for Cypher or KJ, and we're going to get into what happens if you shoot the anchors, but, like, you know, obviously Cypher and KJ don't have something that they can use for free in that way. Yeah, Um, like, you couldn't couldn't peek with a KJ turret, it gets destroyed immediately, and then by the time that they're exactly on the site, it's already set up again backsite. Exactly, exactly, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so I feel like it brings it more in line with other Sentinels. Right. Now, as we're, as we're about to get to here, the cooldown is set to 45 seconds whenever it's destroyed. Yeah. I have no idea why the fuck this wasn't the case from launch. You had said that before. Like, it, yeah. it makes... It made literally no sense that I got my TPs back every 20 seconds if they broke my anchor. Like, there was no penalty to leaving my anchor out. Um, yeah. I, and from I, the other team's yeah. perspective, there could be some advantage to you breaking my anchor. Now, obviously, that's a trade of information. I know where you are because you broke it. But the only thing you gained in that scenario is, oh, maybe you saw one of my anchors and now I can't TP out, right? Or that you, uh, if you don't know whether or not the cooldown's up, right? Like... Right, right, that's the thing. But I'm saying they have no idea whether my cooldown's up or not. So, fine. I I can probably count on one hand the number of times somebody has destroyed one of my anchors when I have been wanting to use it. it it's not very common, and it occasionally happened with, like, a raise nade to clear a certain angle that my TP was in, and I wasn't. And then it broke my anchor over there. Like, that that has happened, sure. But it's, yep. it's not very common that I want to use my TP and somebody breaks my anchor. Um, yeah, honestly, like, the 45-second cooldown should have been in the game from the start. There's literally no reason for it not to have been. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge, huge nerf, like, n- stats-wise. Right? From 20, 20 to seconds 45. to 45. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think completely fair. Like that makes the most sense. And we uh-huh. completely agreed with you when you brought this up however long ago on the podcast as well. So I'm glad that Riot, of course, is listening to our podcast and taking hints as they should. Thank yeah. you, Riot. Very cool. Um, Fine. We I, I think we all agree with that. Um, Okay. Radius size decreased from 21 meters to 15. Now... If you're not sure what that's referring to, it's how far away you can be from where you place the anchor and TP out. That's huge. Like, that's that's a drastic nerf from 21 to 15. Yeah. Um, 
off the top of my head, I can think of two... No, I can think of three or four places that I just can't play in anymore. That I used to be able to while having a safe TP. Those are just completely eliminated because it it required you to play at the very outskirts of your your TP range. Um, just for reference, the ones that I'm talking about is that little cubby on B-Site Breeze, um, the one that people never check when they enter site. Uh, you can put your TP in that location, and then you can be in B-Tunnels, uh, peaking the enemy team when you're on defense, and TP out using that anchor. That's just not possible anymore. Your anchor would have to be in tunnels for you to get out of there. Um, oh wait, the radius size. Sorry, the radius size is the you, the distance between you and one anchor, or the difference between the anchors. No, 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 no. The difference between me and my anchor, not between my two anchors. The the two anchors. Oh, oh. So you're saying been, if you push halls the way you would want to, you wouldn't have enough range. It's not. Yeah. It's not halls. It's the the tunnels. Sorry, tunnels. Elbow. I don't know why I said halls. Elbow. I meant tunnels. Yeah. I meant tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. If I push that, I can't do that anymore and have my TP where I want it to be. And instead, my TP would have to go in a location that a, a raise Nade, a Sova Shock Dart, um, a KO Molly would be able to break. Um, that's the most significant one, but there was a way to place both of your anchors on ascent so that you could peak either B main or A main, respectively. If no one is there, grab orb, and be in your TP range, so that if someone did swing you, you could just TP out while you were picking up orb. Those will no longer be possible either. You I feel like the be... the uh, B main one has got to be possible. Like, that's just through the wall into garage. Yeah, okay, my anchor will go through the wall, but I can't have... Because It'll cover of the you radius... on orb. The okay, orb is it'll on cover top me of on the orb. Box, yeah. No, no, no. It'll cover me on the orb, but then I can't peek B main off barrier drop in safety. I see. The the you have to choose one or the other. B main, yeah. yeah. I, I have to choose one or the other. Which obviously you choose the entrance that you're going to be swinging. It just means that now picking up that orb is, um, you know, I I'm now. I see what you're saying now. Yeah, so both on A and B, you have to yeah, choose whether a to put them on B. the peak or on the orb. Yeah. Um, so both of those are off the table now. And those are just ones off the top of my head. Uh, I'm sure there are other ones that I will encounter once this change has been placed into effect. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't do this anymore. Okay. Uh, but th- those are the ones that immediately come to mind. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be times when we're playing together and you die and you're like, oh, I thought I could TP from there. Yeah, it'll nope. probably happen. Well, you get that little yellowy stuff on the side of your screen. So like, well, Yeah, but there'll be times when, you know, it's in the thick of battle and you'll be used to the range. Yeah. No, and there, there are definitely times when, like, that happens to me now when I'm towing the line. I'm trying to get into the most off angle possible, right? Or, like, I'm trying to to peek farther and farther around this corner where my TP is. Um, and then I take a duel just, like, inches outside of my uh, my anchor, and then I can't TP out. Um, that, that's probably just going to happen more with, with this change. 
Yeah. Or maybe I'll just consciously take into account the decreased distance and just have to play more passively. Not playing chamber, I don't have much to say about this one because it seems like, you know, like a good nerf, but I don't know how it will it will affect things other than in the ways that you stated. So um, this seems like something that I wasn't necessarily upset about playing against chambers. Oh, like, oh, like they put their TP all the way back there and they're still able to TP out. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe I'll see a significant difference now that this is being nerfed where now I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, they shouldn't have been able to peek me from there. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and as I'm thinking about it, I'm... I'm realizing that, you know, it could be that the adaptation for chamber mains is they just vastly limit the places where they play. But I imagine that at least in some situations, chamber mains will more often use their teleporter, their uh, rendezvous, like a Yoru TP, where, you know, if we look at the same situation on Breeze, uh, where, you know, you want to push into caves off the, the barrier drop as Yoru the philosophy there is you want to pick one side or the other, get a kill or two, and then after you spray, after you get that last kill, you know, jump to the side as you're TPing because you're not protected while you teleport, but you can kind of play it so that, you know, you catch them off guard and then you have a brief, brief window where you can get out of there without being traded as if you had to actually physically stay in that place and could be rushed down. So I kind of, I, I, as I was thinking about that, I was kind of like, there might be a bit more of a Yoru TP mentality that comes into play in some cases for chamber mains now. Um, yeah, I don't, as the person who plays chamber, I feel like that's not the answer. I feel like you play in your anchor range and well, you don't believe it. Or, or could you, you yeah, could you like similar to that same thought process? Could you at barrier drop, throw your TP in front of you and run into it, run into the range? You, you can, there are certain, angles that that is viable in and there's certain angles that is not viable in and it has to do with how close the enemy's barrier drop is to the angle that they're going to be swinging so there are some that i would be more than happy to after barrier drop then drop my anchor um and there are definitely some in which i do not want to do that because it could just get destroyed immediately or you're not you even that it could just yeah, it means like I won't have my gun out in time is the big one. Like there there are certain ones that I just will not have my gun out in time if I choose to drop that. Well, what if there's like a like drop. a box pass barrier drop? Like I'm thinking Breeze A site uh on defenders. Right? If you're peeking mm -hmm. caves, right? You could throw your anchor immediately into that uh like between uh shop and box. Yeah. Right, like right in front I, of that box there, you can throw your anchor out there, and then you can peek, uh, like shop. Yeah, I, I feel like that one's not as relevant. I mean, I don't know. The... Like maybe you, you're still able to, able to peek shop from cubby. If you yeah, put your, like I would. If you put probably, your TP there, yeah, but... like I probably just put my TP either behind right titty or in cubby. But you might be able um, to grab orb from there. I don't. I don't know what what the difference it would be, but. Right, I I personally haven't tried that out pre-change, so I'm not sure how well that would work post-change because I haven't gone for that particular play. But the the biggest thing that I think with the radius size decrease that you're going to notice is 
less of Chambers playing in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. They're going to be able to play off angles, but the off angles just on plain ground aren't going to be as egregious. Because I'm going to need to be closer to whatever cover I have my my anchor behind. Yeah, or I, you'll I just see more anchors out in the open. And you have to that decide whether to I, shoot the anchor or the chamber. Right? Yeah, you might see more anchors out in the open, but like, I, I, don't know, I, I think the biggest is if I have my anchor behind some box in some cubby, whatever it may be, currently, I can play farther away from that angle. Right. And like typically when you're when you're entering onto site or you're trying to clear something, you you clear angle by angle. And part of the reason why off angles are so powerful is because you're you, you clear one angle and now you're sweeping across to the next angle. And there can just be a chamber in the in between that where you're not expecting him to be. Um whereas currently currently you can be way the fuck away from whatever angle they're going to be swinging to. Whereas after this change comes into effect, you're going to have to be closer to that angle. So even if you are playing an off angle, it, it makes it so that it's less of a flick or less of a distance that you have to react to. And I think that that's actually going to play a significant change. Yeah, I mean, that combined with the um, penalty if it's destroyed was making me think that, like, oh, it's it's going to be... It's going to incentivize you not to place your teleport out in the open. Because if your anchor was out in the open yeah. before this change, right, um, it doesn't matter whether you teleport out and then pick it up or you teleport out and then it gets destroyed. It's the same cooldown. But if you teleport out and, and pick it up, you have a significantly lower cooldown if it, because your teleport was placed behind cover than if it was out in the open and, oh, the chamber TP'd out, let me at least shoot the anchor down. Yeah. And also, one of the things that we haven't talked about is there is a time period between when I TP out and when I can pick that back up. No, exactly. Yeah. So there's it, a. It's, it's relatively small, but like, it is very possible for you to break that anchor before I'm even able to recall it. If it's out in the open easily. Yeah. And even if it's behind cover, like, if I'm playing a tight angle and you swing that angle and I decide to fuck off, or you flash me off that angle and I decide to fuck off, or whatever it may be, um, you can... If you you can could potentially... It, yeah. yeah, you could potentially swing that, break my TP, before I even have the opportunity to pick it back up. So I don't, like... So far, I think these are all totally fine changes. Like, they do a decent job of nerfing Chamber without being absurd. Are you going to disagree with that sometime soon? Later? Perhaps. Ooh. All right, let's go. Ooh, let's get okay, it. Let's go can, to the next one. We can skip to the one that I'm going to disagree with here, which oh. is the, the headhunter increased cost. Yeah, that, that's this is a change. Holy shit, no, no, no. are you kidding me? This, this is a change <laughs> that is solely fucking relevant to the upper echelons of the game. And pistol rounds at all echelons. Sure, but like, Rain is fucking broken on pistol round, and nobody's said shit about that. You have to get a kill first. You're Raina. You're picking Raina. 
You get you, yeah, get, you I, get a near sight, you get a kill, you get a hundred fifty fucking percent. But HP, yeah, but just like, saying, oh, you're good enough to do it is not. Uh, fuck, we're not talking about Rana. The uh, <laughs> obviously increasing this, and it's not a huge increase, but it's a. It's not a huge increase, but like. It it was needed. Ah, so you want to do the math real quick to see what percentage of increase this is? No, no, that's way too hard. I couldn't possibly do that one. Um, no, when I was talking about the math, I was talking the fifteen to twenty-one and the nine point five to six. And I know it made perfect sense like, in context. Well, yeah. It's just the way you said it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but I I feel like this is unnecessary outside of the outside of pro gameplay because the the headhunter is cool it's it's a cool ability and you're just making it so that you have less of said cool ability in which it's only really an issue at the upper echelons of of valorant it's not like the headhunter as an ability is not ridiculously broken in the majority of the ranks that are in this game it's a pocket guardian and it's like at any point you can just pull out a second primary weapon which i think that like even at lower ranks people do all the time right this isn't just an upper echelon like pro play like deal right like this happens all the time if you have a specter on a bonus round and you're like, oh shit, this is a long angle. Pull out the headhunter. Right? It happens constantly. Not only in pistol round. You use the headhunter because it's better for whatever scenario you're in. And now and you're just cool. going to have less bullets, which and is fine. Cool. You can still have that, but you have to be more precise. It, it makes the, like, the trade-off just a little bit more. Yeah, it's just you're going to have... I don't know. There, there, are a bunch of, there are a bunch of rounds in which you... Or, okay, at least the way in which I play Chamber, I don't budget in buying headhunter shots into the amount of econ I need to save for the next round. Like, if I'm if I'm looking at how much money I need for the next round, I'm thinking Phantom Vandal or Op, Heavy Shields, Trademark. Like, you're not budgeting in whatever extra headhunter shots you want. Some of the coolest fucking clips you see are when people get an Op shot pull out the headhunter, and immediately head-tap the second person swinging. Oh, yeah. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, it's cool. But if Sova shock darts, nerfed shock darts, are 150 each, headhunter bullet, bullet should be at least 150. Ooh, ooh. Chase bringing a little personal salt into this one. Yeah, because, fuck, Sova shock darts suck ass now. Like it's nice. It's a nice little bit of chip damage if I want to do twenty five to somebody if I hit them directly. You know, we 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 we've talked about this. I think we all agreed that Sova shock darts didn't need to be nerfed. Yeah, but they're they cost one hundred and fifty. Well, but let me AOE. You only get two AOE, of them maximum. You get two maximum, and AOE means shit when you're get when you're doing like twelve damage. Well, the key thing with the they AOE... Do 75 at the center? Yeah. The key thing with the AOE, though, is late in the round when people are tagged up and you know there's someone behind certain locations or in a rough area and your teammates tell you, 
they've got to be less than 50 HP. Or yeah, and you that, see you'd like a much rather arrow. have a shock dart than a headhunter bullet at that point. For sure, but I get I get two of them. Whereas right. you get eight headhunter bullets. Yeah, I can't afford that anymore. I'm not fucking Bill Gates. Yeah. Shit's expensive now. Next agent they add is just Bill Gates. Well, yeah, but you can have a couple of them. I'm saying you don't have to have eight, but you can have yeah. three or four, and it's more sure. effective than a shock dart it's just, it's, in more scenarios. It's expensive. Well, okay, here's, here's the thing that I wanted to weigh in on this. I think that this nerf is kind of similar to when they took... Uh, took away one of Jet's cloudburst smokes and doubled the... Well, not they didn't double. And then increased the cost of the two she had left. In that, in that case, they were like, okay, Jet is too strong. We have to change something. And yeah, her cloudbursts are really good because she can chuck them out real quick and use them to get away. But the key thing is that whether it was going into the site or even more like escaping, the dash along with the cloudbursts was really the lethal combo there. And likewise, I think it's this, it's similar here, even though both of these nerfs are happening at once, that the headhunter is only as good as it is because of its synergy with the E ability, the rendezvous. And I think that's why it's a gun that is a, is a slightly better sheriff in terms of its stats, but feels when you play against it like a guardian because... The when you know if someone how do you how do you use a guardian right you take a shot at a long angle and then dip well what the uh what the chamber can do with the headhunter plus the rendezvous is they can take one shot at your head and then get out of there and they can do that from like crazy angles where they can then tp out where obviously you couldn't do that with the guardian so my personal feeling on the situation is um like if you gave any other agent the headhunter instead of one of their abilities it would seem vastly weaker. And as such, I think it may be a little bit much nerfing that as well as the rendezvous. I think the rendezvous is the real issue. I mean, like, I, I fully understand where Riot's coming from. They said, you know, like, and here's their little blurb on it. Um, it's important that Headhunter is a powerful sidearm for Chamber. But at its current price point, Chamber doesn't have to engage in making difficult economic decisions as meaningfully as other agents. That, that's their little blurb on, uh, I guess I might as well finish it. Uh, this should most notably impact Chamber's decision-making on pistol rounds and safe rounds. And I understand where they're yeah. coming from. I can, right? yeah. I, I, I really mm -hmm. do. But I feel like this change is, is again, something that is directly related to, to pro play. And, like, I'm thinking of that clip where Ye got an ace with six headhunter shots. That was a sick fucking clip. Like, why, why are you trying to get rid of that? That's because, fucking... Because it, that's like... pure fuel for this is dope. Play well, our game. Well, Cass, I don't... Oh, go ahead, Jace. You had, you, you well, I was to, just going to say that that's a, a stupid way to look at things. Because there are many things you can do in a game that look sick. Like, you can make Jet completely fucking broken. And sure, you're going to get some sick clips, but fuck, it sucks to play the game now, so why does it matter? Right? Like, like okay, it, it, it's like his headhunter is such a high skill ability. Oh, okay. Okay. That, no, no, that I'm saying, like, the whole, like, that is just, like, I understand when, you, when you're looking at the 
like when when you're looking at the professional rounds, how someone you're like you're like, oh, someone got an ace with six bullets and spent six hundred credits. That's fucking broken. And yeah, that might be broken at pro play, but like you don't see anyone outside of that getting a six bullet ace. No, but I see. To be fair, most pros don't do that. Yeah, like the majority of pros don't do that. In no, fact, but... if you want a case for Chamber not being nerfed at all, all you need to do is watch Will from 100 Thieves and his Chamber gameplay. He looks like he needs a significant buff. <laughs> and would... he's a pro player on, on, on a reputable org. On the uh, team that you love, that you stand, <laughs> major heat thrown. Yes, yes. I don't hate Will, but I really hate his Chamber play. Shots were fired, but less of them now that they cost more. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, yep. okay, fine, whatever. I don't like this one. I like the other changes. I think it, I, I, I think the other changes are good for the game as a whole. I like them. This one I, I like significantly less. I'm going to agree with you on that. I, I think this may have been preemptive. I think the issue of the headhunter being good was tied to the rendezvous being good, and then that nerf may affect the headhunter in turn. We'll see, I, though. I completely disagree with that, but I... I think that in combination, we'll see how how Chamber's going to be. I still think he's going to be fucking good. But there's more there's more nerfs we can go over. Yeah. What's next? Okay, so the the trademark duration. Um, well, slow, slow duration in been, general. Yeah, decreased. Oh yeah, actually, you're right. We can just group these together. Slow duration in general. Oh, went down from nine point five to six seconds. And radius decrease. Pretty large as well, increase, right? Uh, no radius decrease. Okay. Just duration decrease. Um, now, duration decrease for the alt? Fine. I'd be okay with them taking it away entirely. Or it just being like a second or two seconds. So that if someone happens to be right next to them, they're kind of stuck there for like two seconds and can't go anywhere. And maybe you can get a teammate to swing or actually, fuck it, you've got your alt. You can just swing again and kill them. Um, but in general, whatever, I don't really give a shit about the tour de force decrease. And I've said before, I'd be fine with them doing away with it in its entirety. Um, now the slow duration on the trademark going from 9.5 to six, I disagree with less. I feel like you have the opportunity to shoot that trap if you want to. Or if I'm playing in such a manner that you have to choose between shooting me or shooting my trap. That's a meaningful decision for you to make. I think Do you want to get is. slowed? Yeah, but like... Six seconds is a long time. I don't think this changed yeah. as much at all. Um, I think it's fair. How much... Like, how long does the uh, vulnerable last on a Killjoy alarm bot? Let me look it up. Sure. I have no idea. I have no clue. Because you get the same amount of information... Regardless of the effect, whether you're playing Killjoy or uh, or Chamber, right? Ye- yes and if no. We, if we ignore the, the effect, you get the same amount of information. Yeah, yeah, okay. Other uh, than the alarm bot, the alarm bot vulnerables no, 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 but... for the alarm bot vulnerables for four seconds. Okay, but I, I feel like the difference is Chamber's slap or ugh, Chamber's traps are not vis or fucking Christ. Killjoy's traps are not visible when you're not next to it. And also, Chamber's traps are now audible as fuck. 
You know exactly where the fuck it is. Yeah, but they're also global. There's another trade-off You also there. know exactly where a KJ alarm bot is. Like, when's the last time you've been really, like, caught off guard by a KJ alarm bot? Like, you're pretty easy yeah, to Yeah, they're pretty with. loud. Yeah. And you get the whole thing where it goes... Burr, burr, burr. Like, when yeah, it first detects you, you, you can, can still a, shoot you it. You put a, bar, or, uh, a Killjoy alarm bot in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Yeah, and you're gonna find you can, it as you, you can, not really because you have to be close enough to it to keep it active. And fuck, Bro, you can put it anywhere in but fuck nowhere in a forty meter radius. But like, you can just have it out in the open. Chamber can't have his trap out in the open. Well, yeah, but then the you know, team I runs up to away. it. Four seconds, I have to then hide. And if it's on rotate or something, like okay, they got the information, but they're not shooting me down, right? Like it, if like the rotate, four second the vulnerable one? is way less effective than a six second slow. Absolutely. Sure. When on rotate was the last time you didn't shoot the alarm bot and you got vulnerable? Also, another point to to my point: you always fucking shoot it. Like it, yeah. Yeah, when when I'm when you're flanking and there's a chamber trap, you always fucking shoot it. No, sometimes you get pinged. It's hidden well, and you're like going fast. You yeah, the big get issue there. is if you walk past it, it's really hard to flick around and shoot it before it goes off because it goes off so fast. And sometimes now, you're, trying to, like, for you, you're trying to yeah, sneak away around it, right? Like, you're like, oh, I think I can get around this chamber trap. They weren't very smart about their placement. And then you're like, fuck, it barely pinged me. And then you, you get pinged and slowed for nine and a half seconds. Or even in this case, six seconds, yeah. which is a big fucking deal. Like, the in a, all in all, it's still a way better uh, piece of utility than the Killjoy alarm bot. I feel like the only time that I don't shoot the chamber trap is when I'm expecting a swing. And then if I'm stuck for nine and a half seconds because I was expecting a swing, like, that's fine. I chose to not deal with it. I chose to to hold this angle and take this fight. Or let's say I have an op and I don't want to shoot my op to, to break it. Then I've got to fucking re-chamber it. Like, I, I feel like there there is always a trade-off that exists there. And you can choose to shoot this, or you cannot. Yeah, and that's you, when that, the flow kicks in. That's still... I feel, like, it, it, I feel like it's very rare that you decide, oh, I want to shoot this, and you don't get it. But you, you don't. You, the thing is, I think you're missing gases. There's so so many times where you don't have that decision. It's oh shoot, it's going off. Oh damn, I missed shooting it. <laughs> or I tried to flick around behind me and get it before it zapped me. Like I don't feel. I feel like, like I feel like in, you know, there's a long enough time before it goes off and it hits you. Not really. No. I mean, you what you can see in pro games, it goes off sometimes. Yeah, they it get. It hits people in programs, and if they're not doing it, then, like, you're not doing it either. So, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. You, like, have, you have a skewed opinion here, for sure. I, don't, I, I feel like I just don't get hit by chamber slows. Unless I get fucking ulted, in which case I'm dead, so who gives a shit? I'm dead. <laughs> and then you're hit by a massive bullet. Not slow, yeah. No, no, or or I didn't deal with the slow because I wanted to take a duel and I lost the duel to the chamber. Like, he just swung me while the trap was going off and I lost that duel and now I'm dead, whatever, like. Well, either way, I feel like in both cases with the KJ alarm bot and the chamber slow, both of them, if you can, t if you are creeping around and you can tell where they are, if you can get an omen smoke or a jet smoke on them, 
so that, you know, you can sneak past them. You will always take that option. And then if, you know, you have the option between shooting them or not, you will always shoot them except in the rare case where you know someone's around the corner who you can swing and, like, you know, have an angle on their head perfectly just being right at the bot. Like, I don't feel like this strategic decision of do I shoot it or not is really... Doesn't I don't think that really plays much of a role in either of them. It's like, it's in my experience, it's, you shoot it if it's there. You sneak past it otherwise, if you're I, trying to be stealthy. I've also played a game on Ascent where the rays would blast pack into A-Sight, mm-hmm. not bother shooting my trap, and just have... Because the, the, the trap's range in which the slow goes to is significantly farther than the range at which you can be caught by said trap. Right, right. So if you get caught by said trap and then dash, blast pack, neon run to a farther away location, the the slow will still appear underneath you, with you being the epicenter of the radius. Um, And I've I've definitely seen, like, a raise just acknowledge... Yeah, I'm going to get hit by this, but I'm going to fuck off from the rest of my team, and my rest of the rest of my team is going to have no problem walking through this choke. But that's also with Raze, where she's gaining a ton of space by that as well. It's not like she's getting... It's not like it's a normal player walking into the slow and just sitting in the slow and waiting it out while the rest of the team waits for that to happen. Like, she's also gaining all that space while doing that. So it's not just about the trap. Eh. Uh, like... At the end of the day, do I really care that much? No. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a deal breaker. I just feel like this one might have been unnecessary. I think that um, it, it doesn't make it, it... It makes it worse, but it's still better than anything similar to it. So it's not that big of a change, in my opinion. Yeah, I, know, yeah, I, I think... I wish, sorry, I was going to say, I, I wish that Riot gave a blurb on this one the way they gave a blurb on the the TP anchors and the headhunter, they didn't give any blurb for the slow duration, which I, I, I wish they provided a blurb on. Yeah. My, my overall take was going to be that personally, I find how long chamber slows you to be very annoying, but you know, that's just subjective. Um, I do tend to think that, it seems like they're hitting Chamber really hard on, like, every... Well, not as hard as that one other <laughs> post suggested a while back, that leak of Chamber nerfs. But, um, yeah, uh, they're, they're definitely significantly nerfing all of his abilities, and I don't know if that was required. So I'm going to say EBD on whether I think this is a good nerf. It may be over the top. Well, overall, I think... Okay, wait, is there, is there another thing? Yeah, there's okay. one more thing we have to talk about. Yeah, go for it. Uh, alt points required went up from seven to eight. Right, right. And then the slow also applies to the alt, which we just yeah, talked about. Yeah, the slow about. also applies to the alt. We just talked about that. Um, Fair. I'm going to harken back yeah. to my, my boy Sova again and be like, yo, his ult is eight, chamber ult, eight. Fair. I mean, I personally would rather have a chamber ult than a Sova ult. Exactly. But I also don't play Sova. The Sova ult's good. Like, there's no arguing that. It's fucking yeah. good. So, like, 
it being eight um, is completely fair. But also, I think the chamber ult being eight is completely fair. Just I, I I'm trying to figure out what the other eight cost alts are in the game. You got uh you've got Raze, Sage, Sova, and now Chamber. Is there anything else? No, I don't believe so. To be honest, I wouldn't have even been able to tell you those four. Those four I know Vipers. I know Vipers isn't, but I feel like maybe it should be. Oh, you're talking about eight eight points for eight, 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 eight yeah. cost alts, yeah. I think it was just raise Sage Sova prior to this. This now puts Chamber also in the eight category. I don't know. Was if Jets knows. increased to eight? No, Jets no. is seven. It was increased from six to seven. Which I feel like Chambers should, or well, Jets should not be more expensive than Chambers. Is the Which better it, way to put it. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was the same. And I, I yeah. thought that was fine. But like I'm trying to determine in my head if I think jets should be fewer than chambers, which my skill level with jet knives versus my skill level with chamber alt would directly tell me chamber alt is better. But I go to my tracker stats and I average more kills per game with jet alt than I do with chamber. Is alt. tracker being accurate? There is is the that's issue a good though. question to which I do not have an answer for you. Also, is the way in which I'm playing drastically different? Absolutely. Like I'm more likely to to land two with jet knives, maybe three. Uh, whereas chamber, I'm probably more likely to just get the one. Right. And that's fair. Cause that's what you're trying to get in that round. Yeah. Um, or oh, they're yeah. oftentimes when I'm playing attack, right. And I'm using that as, as a gun to either lock down the flank or watch over spike after we've planted it. And my team just goes out and gets all the kills. And now I'm sitting there and I didn't even need my ult. Uh, whereas with Jet, I'm going in. But it may therefore... have also, like, helped in the round, right? Of like, oh, oh I'm shit, not saying, Chamber, I'm not saying it didn't. Chamber yeah. popped the ult, let's not peak C long or something, you know? like Right, right, right. I, I'm not saying that the effect is solely determined by kills. Yeah. I, I, I'm just, like, just, I, I personally think Chamber's ult is, is better than Jet's ult. My stats, as far as numerically, would disagree. Is all I'm saying. Interesting. Now, here's what I think. I think that Riot has gone for a bit of, like, as you were talking about, like, everything's being nerfed approach here, right? Yeah. And I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Obviously, these, like, big qualifier, none of this is in the game yet, right? Or even confirmed to be in the game. It's PBE. So most of the time when things go into the PBE, they will go into the game, but that's not always. Has there been anything that hasn't? I'm sure there's been things. I feel like the... In my experience of it, I feel like the PvE has always been a bug testing, not a we don't know if we want to institute this or not testing. Yeah, I would tend to agree from my experience, but also with the caveat, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember... I certainly can't remember any major thing 
that was in the PBE and then didn't make it to the main game. Because that definitely would have been talked about. Like, oh, Riot, you know, listened to feedback and changed X. Yeah, I don't know. But I I think that the, like, methodology they're going here for the chamber nerf is not to drastically change any ability. Like they would, like they did with Jet. Right? True, true. Right? So yeah. instead of taking an ability and completely reworking it so that it operates differently, and that's the nerf, they are doing a numerical nerf or a, you know, a something nerf to all of the different parts of Chamber that make him good. Now, will all of those stay in the game or not stay in the game? I think it's easier for Riot to change numbers around than to, um, you know, completely overhaul. make a overhaul to a character. Or, or like to an ability that this character has, right? So I think that it's fair for them to say, okay, here's a blanket nerf across everything that people like that we think is too strong about Chamber, right? And if that goes in and they're like, you know what, Chamber is at a perfect place right now, right? This did everything that we want. Um, each individual piece that we thought was too strong, we nerfed down to a right level. Or like, hey. You know, we, we think that as a combo, like, these two nerfs were too strong. We're, we can revert one of those. Like, I think that's a lot easier for them to do. Mm -hmm. I know. Just uh, to harken back on the the jet nerf, because that's the one that affected me in the same way that this one affects me, being the agents I play. Um, I feel like this is probably, like, Chamber is probably in a better scenario than Jet is in when they tried to just do numerical nerfs to Jet. But I feel like, again, they are perhaps not addressing the elephant in the room being there is an agent who can play the op and get out for free. Which I think is the the massive problem everybody had with Jet prior to her dash change and is that has a significant limitation on it. Now, you have 12 seconds and you have to preemptively decide you're going to use it. Um, Chamber doesn't, he's slightly more restricted now, but he doesn't have that same restriction that Jet has now. So he will still be prolific with, with an operator. Well, I think the issue is that, you you know, in the same vein as Jet having to decide to do it beforehand, now as Chamber, you always had to decide to do it beforehand because you had to have your TP anchor set up in a certain way that you could make a realistic TP. And now that initial setup of your TP anchors becomes much more costly because you can't redeploy them nearly as fast. Oh, no, I, like, I, I, I fully agree. Um, and I'd be curious to see how current pre-nerf chamber stacks or would stack up against pre-nerf jet just in terms of that would be very interesting like obviously they both existed in the game at the same time but i feel like perhaps the the pro scene did not have enough time to adjust to whether chamber was better than jet as a whole and they went yeah. with the comfort pick of Jet. Um, but I, I'd be curious to see what the pro scene thinks about peak chamber versus, 
or I guess current chamber versus pre-nerf chat. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the significant difference between these two nerfs is that the numerical nerfs to Jet never affected the dash, which was the main problem. Because right? that was kind of unchangeable numerically. Exactly. Well, I mean, there were some numerical things of, like, delays and stuff that you could change. Um, yeah. But... No, but that, that Or, like, you know, purpose. kill requirements. I, fuck, I don't know. There are different things that you can do mm-hmm. to nerf that sure. numerically. But... What the approach they went for with Jet is let's one by one numerically nerf different abilities. Oh shit, that didn't work. We're not addressing the real problem. Okay, now let's come out with a change, like a like a full change to the ability. Now this is a completely separate approach where they're like, okay, the Jet thing did not work when we did that. Let's just blanket nerf everything and see how it goes. Yeah, and I, I think that, that I, I I like yeah. that approach to it better than the way that they did it with Jet. Yeah, and uh, it, it, again, I I've argued on certain points, but again, I'm someone who, for the most part, mains chamber, and I also, for the most part, fully agree with all the changes that that are being made. the The one that I have the biggest argument against is the bullet cost increase for the headhunter. And I completely see why they want to do that for pro play. And I fully understand why they can't have a different agent for pro play versus ranked play that I would very much disagree with. So I, I understand why it's being done. I just, like, that that's the only one that I've got a real, like, irk against. But for Ask. the most part, I fully agree. If there's more to say about Chamber. Um, we can certainly say that, but I thought that that actually leads to a segue to, I think, what should be a pretty small topic, but it, it stemmed from a debate in our Discord that I thought might be worth covering at this at this point. Uh, I'm totally down, but can we take said intermissions so Chase can go grab more beers and I can take a piss? <laughs> Sounds good. Back and to pod. we're back. That's Hunter's cue to bring us back. Um, Hunter. Yeah, I am aware, we yes. Had a nice little, you said we had a nice little segue. Yes, uh, yes. Segway. So Cass was asking um, if the, uh, you know, if, if it's, ugh, I, I'm not speak I'm not speaking very clearly, clearly. Uh, you know, that little intermission just scrambled my brain. So uh, Cass was saying that it's impossible, obviously, to have an agent that's different at the pro level than it is at the casual ranked level. And that brought me back to a Discord that I had a, uh, a Discord argument that I had a couple weeks ago with Laggy, who was on the podcast not long ago. We were talking about not agents specifically, but the removal of split from the map rotation. Um, basically, some people in chat were going back and forth as to whether or not they liked split. And then someone else brought up that a lot of pros felt prior to split being removed that bind was the worst the worst map because it always plays kind of the same it has some flaws which Cass and i discussed a couple episodes ago um and basically laggy was arguing in the chat that because pros have the most advanced knowledge of the game that they are the most quality like they're the most qualified to make decisions or not decisions but they're the most qualified to offer opinions as to what should or shouldn't happen in the game to change so he was saying that basically it was a mistake to remove split instead of bind 
because the pros had good arguments for why bind should be removed instead of split. And I was sort of countering by saying that it seems like, and we'll kind of assume this is true for the sake of this discussion, that the, the majority of, of like casual players who aren't pros hate split more than they hate bind or like bind more than they like split, however you want to cut it. So one of one of the things we're going back and forth on is, are is to what extent should Riot, you know, make changes based on pro opinion when that disagrees with casual opinion or vice versa. So that's what I want to get your takes on. Well, I mean, harkening back to that exact scenario, like mm-hmm. I think that the opinions of most people, so like so far as I've heard them, are that I mean, the general player doesn't like Breeze fracture. I personally yeah. like both of them more than I like split, but then split is pretty far up there in the dislike category, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's a common mapped dislike. But it is. even people who don't dislike that would probably say they like bind more, right? Yeah, it seems so, like bind is a is a pretty popular map. Bind is a very popular map. It's like yeah. bind and haven and ascent are kind of like the mainstay maps, in my opinion. Like, those three maps are, like, the three that pretty much most casual players can agree on. Like, if you get on those maps, you're not upset at all. Yeah. Um, I really agree with that, but real quick. Did Segway come first, the term, or did Segway, the vroom vroom, come first? Segway, the term, definitely came first. Okay. Just wasn't sure if they were related. Um... That was and a terrible you know, you know segue into that. talking about motors, like motorized vehicles, Cass. I don't know why you would. <laughs> uh, okay. You know how I know that, Cass? How? Because uh, when I was growing up, I did some like theatrical church things where we did like musicals for the uh, congregation. And so when I was when I was probably like eight, so like in two thousand six. I was a Segway kid where I did like a little song and dance with other people in between like, like uh, scenes. Yeah. Mm. Scenes of the musical. And I'm pretty sure that in 2006 Segways weren't really a thing as in the, I mean, when, when did, that's how I know. When did Paul Blart Malkov come out? Like it had to be around the same time. (laughs) Let me see. Let me see. Like I'm thinking Paul Blart Malkov might be like 2012. That uh, 20, 2009 was the initial oh, okay. one. So a couple yeah. years later. Split the difference. But I feel like segues were, were a thing when Paul oh, absolutely. Paul came. Well, that, like, that's what I'm saying. They yeah. were a big thing. Yeah. And they were a thing way before that. Like classic right. cartoons have seg- like fat people on segues. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but also because it's a church term, I, I'm assuming, I think the church is old. I don't know. I don't know what church you go to. <laughs> um, it's probably older than the fucking segue. But well, okay. I don't go to any church anymore. But that, that was, yeah, that that church was pro- definitely older than the segue. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so, bind. But anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I I fully agree that I actually like those maps. And if I were to eliminate a map from the game, I probably would have picked split. If before any of this came down, and Riot called me up because they've got my number. Um, if you guys didn't know, um, Riot and I are are tight. Um. If they Mr. just gave John me a ring, Riot is your buddy. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, if Mr. John Riot gave gave me rings, it's like yo, Cass, like we're 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 trying to pull pull a map out of the out of the pool here. Uh, what, yeah. what are you going with? I would have gone with split, but 
I think a lot of the dislike from Fracture and Breeze come from the fact that they're just newer maps. Nobody fucking likes when a new map comes out. Like, when's the last time a, a map came out and everybody's like, this is dope? And if you look I think at Pearl, has probably had the warmest reception, but yeah, there's still it's people. It's still bad. It. It's still not a good reception, but it's definitely the best of, the, like, yeah. right. the icebox fracture breeze realm, right? Right. And, like, if you look at CS, anytime a new map makes it into the, the whole pro play scenario, everybody's like, fuck this. This map sucks. Let's go back to dust. Um, like, it, I, I feel like people are just adverse to change as a rule of thumb. And when it comes to playing new maps, people are against like learning the strategies that come with the new maps, learning how to how you have to play certain angles, which like for another map, they just already have that wealth of information. And so I feel like when a new map comes out, people are just in general more negative towards it. And also from Riot's perspective, they're not going to pull one of their newer maps that they just put out. Unless it was, like, seriously broken and just not functioning. Like, if you saw every game of Fracture go, like, 11-1 or 10-2, and then Mm -hmm. you switch sides and, like, it often gets super close, it goes to overtime, like, then maybe they would pull that. It's like, oh, we made this map. So fucking attacker sided. There aren't a lot of changes we can make to kind of even this out. Then perhaps they would consider pulling one of their newer maps. But even then, I feel like they would rather make changes to the map before they considered pulling it. So I feel like you have to go with one of the original maps when it comes to pulling them. And I believe those original maps are Haven, Split, and. Um, Bind? Is that the case? Even Splint Bind? Yes, because Ascent was launched uh, after beta at yeah. the full launch of the game. So, th- those were the three original maps. And if we count Ascent in there too, I feel like Ascent is generally liked as a whole. I feel like Haven is generally liked as a whole. So now you're looking at Bind and Split. I feel like, yeah, people generally like buying more than split yeah i mean that it's just kind of obvious if you think about it um from every like from your own perspective and from every perspective you've heard from other people um except up at the pro level apparently and i think that saying decisions should be based solely off of the pro level like meta is completely false because obviously riot wants to do a thing here where they are keeping it consistent between pro and and competitive uh i mean that's a whole other thing that's a side side story but in general they they are removing a map for both right and so where is most of the player base not at the fucking pro level right so okay so this is maybe the second least favorite map for for pros but it's by far probably the the like most readily able to take out of the game for everybody else that plays so fucking take that one out of the game it just makes the most sense logically also to see them not pulling a map from ranked play and i wouldn't have had a problem with that yeah same 
like if now likewise when, once we're getting into there being 12 to 14 maps in the game perhaps that's a bit excessive but like going from 7 to 8 i feel like is is less of a you know just like an oh fuck we need to pull something out of there um I mean, I think from uh, Riot's perspective, like they have to do it at some point, and so you might as well do it now when they're doing it from the pro scene. Yeah, I mean, I might as well institute that and get the player base used to having a map going out of the pool as early as mm-hmm. possible, which I think makes sense from their decision. But I would not have been mad about having eight maps in the map pool, obviously, because we play the game enough that we know all the eight maps. Yeah, but as, as like a new player coming in, right? Like it, it it's it's really hard to get a feel for all the maps, right? Like it's hard to learn seven dude. When I first started playing, I, the first three games I played were all split. And I thought there was the only map in the game. I thought that Valorant was one map. And then I like loaded into another map and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is the whole thing. I haven't even experienced. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I, like, I, I understand. Like, it, having more maps in the game makes it significantly harder for, for new players to, to to get into the game, right? Like, the the more maps they are, the harder it is for you to learn all the angles, all the call-outs, all the um, how general strategy, how you should play, stuff like that. And, like, for, for us who have been playing for, you know, a, a decent amount of time, I mean, not since launch, but, like, I mean, for Hunter since beta, I guess, right? Or launch? Hunter, you there? Yeah, I am. Sorry, what, what, what did you say? Could you say what, that again? Yeah, yeah, did you did you start playing during beta or during launch? I started playing right after launch. Okay, so Chase and I came into the situation a bit later. But, mm-hmm. like, we, we've been around long enough that every time they release a new map, we could keep pace. You, right, they right. never pulled any. If if they yeah. never pulled a single map, we could keep pace because they're Definitely. not dropping maps left and right. But for a new player coming in, the the more maps are in the game, the like the less approachable the game is. Um, so I fully understand them wanting to pull stuff. Now, getting back to the the meat and bones of this topic, or the meat and potatoes, I guess is the proper term. Um, I think, yeah, Riot is in a sticky position because. Pro play is one of the more marketable aspects of their product, but applies to very or significantly fewer people than the game as a whole. Yeah, I think you um, could double down on the very. I mean, right. if, if you just look at the percentage of people in Radiant being less than 1%, and that's mm-hmm. what almost every pro is, or even if you include Immortal, I think it's barely over one, definitely less than three. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, um, I think those numbers kind of speak for themselves in that regard. Yeah, the but, amount of times I try to make a pro reference, like in game, to to my teammates, and it just goes over everyone's heads because nobody fucking watched the pro games that day, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, looking a little bit like Shazam on Icebox, and they're like, fuck, I, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, or I mean, right, like that—that right. that would people know who Shazam is, but like if I took a a you know, more lesser known. Yeah, like a lesser known. Sure. If I was like, shit, real EU play there. 
and mm-hmm. they'd be like, like what? Play? yeah they'd be like, like what do you mean like, right. they'll okay. do that in in europe like what are you talking about <laughs> um yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I was a little distracted the last couple minutes because I was actually searching the Discord. I was trying to find out exactly what Laggy said, and I was having some trouble finding it. But essentially, that was his angle along the lines of what you were saying, that, like, initially, that, yes, they're a small percentage of the population, but Valorant being a competitive esport, the pro population is really important because the, the a healthy pro scene is important to the game staying relevant and people enjoying playing the game. And that's where I I kind of came at it from like, yeah, if Riot ever made a change that would kill the pro scene entirely or ruin it, obviously they shouldn't do that. But when it comes to something that isn't, that is like a personal preference thing that isn't going to either ruin the casual scene or the pro scene, either way they go, I feel like it makes some sense to defer to the casuals because that's the people who are, you know, spending more on the game if you yeah, combine all of money. them together. Right. right, right. Rather than Riot paying them, especially in the uh, in the future, where they're actually paying these teams to be a part of a franchise system. Yeah, right. right. They they are losing money on the pro scene, quote unquote. Like they're spending money at least, and yeah. they are just gaining money from people playing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but from from the perspective of laggy saying that like they're the most informed from the game as a whole i feel like it if if you're right and you have to go out and you have to collect you know opinions like getting opinions from the pros on the state of the game is probably as good as it gets because i think that those it, opinions might be weighted heavier but the sure. weight of the collective casual scene weighs more than the collective pro scene. I'm saying it's significantly harder to get the opinion of the collective casual scene. Just, number one, numerically. Number two, who the fuck do you go with? Right? That's why they listen to our podcast, because they need need the collective casuals, like the (laughs) opinions of them, because where else are you going to get it? There's nowhere else. This is the place. You raised a good point. This is the place to be, and I finally did find the uh, the, the the thing I needed. I just had to use the different search word and looking through the the general chat. Yeah, so basically, Laggy said, um, if this game was built around the opinion of the low elo player, it would fail. It's that simple. Pros know the ins and outs of the game; they are the best at knowing what's best for it. And that was in reference to pros saying that uh, Icebox. I'm sorry, not Icebox. Bind should have been removed. So that that's I just wanted to make sure I was quoting him accurately. Um yeah, and and I just feel like yes, if you looked at only iron through silver players who do make up the majority of the people in the game barely and you just let them like implement whatever they wanted into the game and just, you know, have complete control and don't pay any attention to the high ranks, then yeah, obviously that could mess up the game, but like that's not what we're talking about here. We're yeah, talking no about one's arguing that. Right, right. We're talking about something that's a little bit more on the fence and I think deferring to the to the majority of people rather than the pros is okay in some cases. Well, I mean, but, Split got to a point where I hated playing it so much that I didn't even like watching it in the pro games. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, I'm I, like I hate this map. I don't even want to see it. 
Yeah, I would get partially tilted already after just loading in display. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as I exactly. Saw, like, I'd be like, ah, no. And so I'm like, I don't even want to watch the pros yeah. play it because I don't like playing it myself. And so then that destroys mm-hmm. both scenes. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. Bind also has my best win rate. And so, like, I'd be against Bind getting removed because I win considerably well, more often than I lose on Split Bind. Split had my best win rate. Oddly that. enough, it had mine yeah. as well. <laughs> but I still wanted it gone. No regrets. No regrets Split whatsoever. Dead center. Yeah. 50 50 for me. It, it, well, okay, well, not literally 50 50. I've got 62 wins and 60 losses. But uh, if you, like, the only other map that's closer to 50 50 is Pearl, in which I have one win and one loss. So I think we can toss that one for sample size purposes. Um,. Split is the closest I've got, which would imply that Split's pretty fair, but my, outside of just the literal numbers, my personal opinion on Split is it's usually a one-sided affair. Yeah. Like, more often than not, I feel like Split is a one-sided affair. And I rarely run into games that are are tight the entire way through. I've probably had a decent number of games that are tight in terms of end scoreline. Like one team dominates on defense and then you switch sides and then you dominate on defense. Um, But I feel like even if that's the case and sure from the casual player's perspective, it can be, it can be exciting trying to mount that comeback. Um, I feel like that's just a less enjoyable experience overall versus I feel like I just see less blowouts on bind. And I feel like that's regard. Like I I feel like a game is better. The tighter each round is and the tighter the round scores are. Yeah. And I think regardless of the end score. Yeah. And something that I think plays into that is I don't know a hundred percent that this is true, but it was split was definitely one of the most defender sided maps in the game, if not the most defender sided map in the game. So when it comes back to like what Chase was saying about pro play, there were games where, you know, a team did well on defense and then it switched and maybe it was nine, three, maybe it was eight, four. And the commentators were like, Oh boy, this team is in the driver's seat to win. And then as the game would go on, they're shocked that the other team is making this comeback on defense. And I'm just like, it's split. Like, of course they're making a comeback on defense. Defense is so much easier on this map. And, like, that really annoyed me. So, in general, I think, it, like Cass was saying, in terms of the rounds being close, I think that typically it's, bet- like, a map, a map that's at least somewhat close to 50-50 on offense and defense is nice. And, obviously, the different maps are can be designed one way or another. Like, Fracture's designed to be offense-biased a little bit. But, like, it's not terrible. Yeah. Unlike Split. So, yeah, um... What I, what I also will say is I've felt kind of bad as we've had this discussion because it kind of feels like, you know, I'm taking something that Laggy said and then, you know, we're I'm trying to I'm trying to present the argument as best as I can, but we're all kind of like disagreeing with the argument without a chance to, for him to respond. Hey, you so know, we Laggy, can't always agree with Laggy. You know what? Yeah we've, yeah, we've agreed with Laggy way too fucking much on this podcast and it needs to stop <laughs> and it stops yeah. today. The buck stops here. Okay. <laughs> We, Laggy, yeah. we disagree with you on this topic, and this is the end all. Yep. 
Yep. The way I was going to take that, what I was going to take that in the direction of is, um, Laggy, feel free to respond in Discord. And for you guys who aren't um, in the Discord, hop in to see if Laggy does respond. And I'm sure we'll have him on the podcast again eventually. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the Discord, we are over 100 members in the Discord finally. So Hey, let's go. That's dope. I've been watching that for a while. I feel like people must have been leaving. So you know what? Fuck you guys to those who were leaving. Because yes. we were around like the 95, 96 level for way too long. Um, Imagine leaving our Discord. Cringe. Yeah, so cringe. Man. I mean, all the customs that yep. we play. We actually have played a decent number of customs. It's just very I know, it, it's just extremely inconsistent. Yeah. And we haven't done it very often in the last like couple of months. But I think it's... We don't have regular schedules. Like even recording the podcast for us has been like a fuck. When are we gonna find time? Yeah, kind of deal. So, yeah. I, once we get into the fall, I think schedules become a little bit more consistent, and we'll get back on that shit. So don't worry. I know people have been begging for it in the Discord. So we're, we'll get yes. back there. It's just gonna take a little bit of time. Yeah, Amen. I feel like yeah, we we've all been in this situation where like yeah, even trying to book out some time to record has been uh somebody sacrificing something be it sleep or something else that they might have had planned like these last couple weeks every time um so yeah i what, yeah, once it, it was crazy that we used to just do it on wednesdays all the time <laughs> that was so much easier yeah, like that that was great it just worked the and then all of a sudden yeah. we're just like <laughs> and, well fuck there's no day of the week that works for everybody so we'll just it was why that like week. all of us had a change in our schedules within like the same month yeah pretty much <laughs> like all of us all of a sudden didn't, it didn't work anymore mm -hmm. anyway with that join the discord we're going up there we'll, we'll be more consistent in the future um so i mean it, it's a fun place even when we're not playing customs like people are talking all the time people are talking shit talking about their beers hopefully in the in the beer channel um you know. yeah and I, I i will say before we finally sign off on this um this podcast should be out in the next couple of days and the LCQs will still be going on after this podcast goes live. And if you're ever down to watch a game and just want to hang out and chat and I'm around, I will gladly join you. Just hop in chat. Uh, honestly, like if there's people in chat and there's a game going on, like people like other people hop in. So it, it just happens. Even if none of us are there, like the three of us, like fuck, you know, use it as your own space. This is not our space. It's our space. Yeah. Okay, comrade. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, I might not be a communist normally, but my heart is swelling with uh, Marxist right. pride right now. So, Wait, what's the thing? Chance. Like, uh, oh, fuck, I, I don't know the, the, the saying, but it's like, to, to each as he needs and... What the fuck? You, 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 know, you know what I'm talking about? There's like the classic Marxist saying that's like. I think I can kind. Yeah. I can kind of vaguely remember it. I am. I am not so well studied in Marxist right theory. It, it's basically like you know, uh, to each as they need and by each as they can provide, but it's not that. Well, I will say you know? since we're starting to drift into political podcast I territory, I think it's time for you to take fuck. us out, Chase. <laughs> All right, and with not communist as fuck. Fuck, I said that wrong. And in the name of Karl Marx, we'll drink with you later. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>